0: The Law School of America A partition is a term used in the law of real property to describe an act, by a court order or otherwise, to divide up a concurrent estate into separate portions representing the proportionate interests of the owners of property. It is sometimes described as a forced sale. Under the common law, any owner of property who owns an undivided concurrent interest in land can seek such a division. In some cases, the parties agree to a specific division of the land, if they are unable to do so, the court will determine an appropriate division. A sole owner, or several owners, of a piece of land may partition their land by entering a deed poll, sometimes referred to as carving out. Why Forced Sales Occur? Forced sales generally occur because owners of property are unable to agree upon certain aspects of the ownership. The owners may disagree on how to use the property the amount of money to invest into the property, on their right to occupy and use the whole of the property. If the parties cannot come to an agreement, the case moves to court through a petition-to-partition action. As the number of cohabitants increases in the United States, the petition-to-partition action has become more common as a remedy to divide real and personal property. Property may be owned by more than one person either as joint tenants, tenants in common, and in some states tenants by the entirety the choice of which tenancy to enter into is made by the parties at the time of purchase. With each type of tenancy, each owner has the right to occupy the whole. That means that owners are not allowed to designate certain rooms as their own, but each element of the property is enjoyed fully by all parties. Types of partition. There are three kinds of partition which can be awarded by court, partition in kind, partition by allotment, and partition by sale. 1. A partition in kind is a division of the property itself among the co-owners. Partition in kind is a default method of property partition. 2. In a partition by allotment, which is not available in all jurisdictions, the court awards full ownership of the land to a single owner or subset of owners, and orders them to pay the person or persons divested of ownership for the interest awarded. 3. Partition by sale constitutes a forced sale of the land, followed by division of the profits thus realized among the tenants. Generally, the court is supposed to order a partition sale only if the land cannot be physically divided, although this determination often rests on whether the economic value of the divided pieces is less in the aggregate than the value of the parcel as a single piece. A provision in a deed completely prohibiting partition will not be given effect, but courts will enforce a provision that temporarily restricts partition, as long as the restriction is reasonable. Statutory Variations Ontario Code, the Ontario Partition Act. RSO 1990, c. p. 4, states 3. 1. Any person interested in land in Ontario, or the guardian of a minor entitled to the immediate possession of an estate therein, may bring an action or make an application for the partition of such land or for the sale thereof under the directions of the court if such sale is considered by the court to be more advantageous to the parties interested. Florida Statutes Florida provides for partition actions by statute, Chapter 64. Which basically provides that any co owner of real estate may seek partition. In Florida, there are basically no defenses to a partition action, other than if the parties have agreed not to partition their real estate. Pennsylvania Code. Property divided under Rule 1560A shall be awarded to the parties according to their respective interests. A master who is appointed by the court shall make such examinations and hold such hearings as may be necessary, giving reasonable notice thereof. The master may employ appraisers and, With the authorization of the court, such other experts as are necessary to enable the master to perform his or her duties. The court shall permit the shares of any two or more co-tenants to remain undivided between them if they so elect by writing filed within such time as the court or master shall direct. Parties defendant owning a majority in value of the property may object in writing to any sale, requesting that the property be awarded to them at its valuation fixed by the court and that their interests in the same remain undivided. Upon such request the entire property shall be awarded to the parties objecting to sale, as tenants in common, subject to payment to the parties desiring partition and sale of the amounts of their respective interests based upon the valuation. The amounts due the parties shall be charged as liens upon the property, to be paid in such manner and time as the court shall direct. Partition Example In Darcy v. Buckley, 1997, two people purchased property as joint tenants with right of survivorship. The plaintiff contributed five times more than the defendant toward the purchase price. In a partition action, the plaintiff sought credit for the full amount of his superior contributions. The court held that, in the absence of fraud, the working of the deed operated to convey a one half interest to each of the two joint tenants. The decision relies on the authorities of Maskei v. Maskei, 1975, and Eloach v. Murphy, 1987. The plaintiff argued, to no avail that he did not intend to make a lifetime gift to the defendant. California Code. Partition in kind is favored, but partition by sale is allowed if a partition by sale maximizes the market value of the subject property. In many cases, a two-step process may be required. 1. A trial during which oral and documentary evidence is heard and either affirms or denies the right of the moving party to effect a partition of the subject property, and if affirmed, results in an interlocutory judgment sometimes called a first interlocutory judgment and two particularly in a contested partition an evidentiary hearing also a trial usually after the property have been appraised by experts and during which trial additional oral and documentary evidence is heard the property are ordered divided and awarded proportionally where possible including cash compensation where proportional division is impractical or impossible sometimes called a second interlocutory judgment The division usually requires the employment of experts such as engineers and surveyors, and the preparation of special reports, which include conveyance deeds and easement deeds. As a final act, the court, in a hearing, not a trial, will accept the special reports in order that these be executed by a title company, which will also effectuate recordation of the conveyance and easement deeds, any cash compensation due any of the parties will also be effectuated within the escrow. Once the court has determined that real property is to be partitioned, the court is authorized to appoint a partition referee for the purpose of handling the actual partition of the property. The court's interlocutory judgment may order either division of the property or sale of the property, with later division of the sale proceeds. In either case, a partition referee is appointed to carry the interlocutory judgment into effect. The partition referee may be authorized to employ attorneys, surveyors, real estate brokers, engineers, and the like. The sale by the partition referee can be made by either public auction or private sale, whichever is more beneficial to the parties. The most common method of sale of real property is by private sale with the assistance of the real estate broker for advertising the property. Sales by partition referees must be confirmed by the court before becoming final. At the confirmation hearing, the court may confirm the proposed sale, reject the proposed sale or allow higher bids for the property through an overbidding process. The partition referee is given authority to execute documents as required to conclude a sale that is confirmed by the court. Partition Procedure A party seeking a partition must file a partition lawsuit. State codes generally favor physical division, partition in kind, of the affected property over the sale, partition by sale as a unit, particularly if a tenant would be displaced from his or her primary residence by a sale. If an in-kind partition is feasible, the property will be divided proportionally. Where small differences in such division are unavoidable, cash compensation for the difference will be awarded to maintain proportionality. If the property cannot be divided and allocated to give each tenant a portion without spoiling the whole, the court will order a sale. A special master, referee, is commonly appointed by the court to execute the partition process the referee is responsible only to the court, and the referee is limited only by the court's instructions, and applicable state codes. For an in-kind partition, the referee will cause deeds to the adjusted property to be prepared. Where easements are required for access, the referee will employ professionals, engineers, surveyors and other experts, as required to describe the easement. The conveyance deeds for the adjusted property and the easement deed will be recorded simultaneously. Often, Referee's Deeds, Deeds signed by the referee, in the owner's stead, may be employed. Tenants in Common Partitions versus Tenants with Rights of Survivorship Partitions Tenants in Common, T-I-Z, Deeds may or may not be taken in equal shares, but a joint tenancy with rights of survivorship, St.R.O.S., Deed must always be taken in equal shares unless specifically and clearly indicated otherwise in the deed language. Therefore, a partition action for those two types of deeds will vary. When a property is partitioned, the proceeds must be divided equally among tenants without regard to contribution to purchase price since a deed is always taken in equal shares. So, with a contributions to purchase price is not an issue during partition. Otherwise, the premise of a trust deed would be invalid and its purpose would be defeated. On the other hand, when a tick property is partitioned, Courts may be at liberty to consider unequal contributions to purchase price and adjust the tenant's distributions accordingly. In either partition situation, tenants may request credits for unequal contributions to expenses incurred after taking deed to the property. Such credits may cover utility and maintenance expenses and are allocated according to shares. Credits for improvements to the property may be granted if the improvements actually increased the value of the property. Now a word from our sponsor, The Law School of America. Waste is a term used in property law to describe a cause of action that can be brought in court to address a change in condition of real property brought about by a current tenant that damages or destroys the value of that property. A lawsuit for waste can be brought against a life tenant or lessee of a leasehold estate, either by a current landlord or by the owner of a vested future interest. The holder of an executory interest, however, has no standing to enforce an action for waste, since his future interest is not vested. There are several different kinds of waste under the law. Voluntary waste. Voluntary waste, sometimes called affirmative waste, is any change made to the estate that intentionally or negligently causes harm to the estate or depletes its resources, unless this depletion is a continuation of a pre existing use. Some jurisdictions follow what is called the open mines doctrine, which permits continued excavation from any mine on the property that is already open, but prohibits the opening of new mines. However, The majority of jurisdictions now follow a doctrine that allows any activity necessary to continue the exploitation of a particular resource, if the land has already been used for that purpose. Example, if there is a copper mine on the land, the current tenant can continue the mining operation to the point of extracting all available copper. If there were no such mine there originally, and the lease did not anticipate the mine, excavating property would constitute waste. Permissive Waste Permissive waste is failure to maintain the estate, either physically or financially. Rather than requiring some bad act on the part of the tenant, this requires the failure to maintain ordinary repairs, pay taxes, or pay interest on the mortgage by the life tenant or the lessee of a leasehold estate. Ameliorative waste. Ameliorative waste is an improvement to an estate that changes its character even if the change increases the land's value. Under English common law, when ameliorative waste occurs, The interested party can recover from the tenant the cost of restoring the land to its original condition. This is based on traditional common law jurisprudence, presuming that the grantor intended the property to be kept in its original condition. Example Person A has a present life estate to three acres of land with a beautiful forest and his family's historic home. Person B is willed to inherit the estate after A dies. B loves studying ancestry and hopes to one day live in the historic building on his family's land. Instead, A decides that the land would be more valuable as a nightclub and draws up a business plan to transform the old estate into a new late night hotspot. B can sue A for ameliorative waste and get an injunction preventing the construction of the club. Even if the club is set to make money and the old family house is a valueless wreck in terrible condition, B still has a right to stop A from improving the property. If it does in fact build the club, then B can sue for the cost of demolishing the new structure and returning the land to its original condition. In the United States, damages for ameliorative waste are generally not given, especially if the improvement to the property is likely to last a long time. The policy behind this change in common law is to encourage improvements in economic development, even at the cost of historical change. Exceptions There is an exception to this doctrine where a long term tenant makes a change that increases the value of the property in a way that reflects a change in the nature and character of neighboring properties. If a tenant tears down a house and builds a factory on property in an area in which residences have generally been replaced with industry, the tenant will not be liable for waste. In Melms v. Pabst Brewing Company, 1899, the Pabst Brewing Company's plant encroached on a residential home. The owner of the home wanted to convert the land to commercial use but held an estate limiting the land to residential purposes. The court held that the neighboring properties had sufficiently changed the nature of the area and allowed the estate holder to convert the land despite the existence of potential ameliorative waste. Equitable waste. Under English law and Australian law, equitable waste is waste that a life tenant has a right to commit at common law but is restrained by a court of equity. This doctrine fits under the broader framework of equity, in which a legal right to do something is not so unrestrained that it is impossible to abuse that right. A life tenant who is granted an estate without impeachment of waste, may not be sued for waste, may not commit acts of flagrant destruction inconsistent with the fruitful use of the land. For example, a mansion may not be stripped of its glass, timber or pipes, vain v. Lord Barnard, nor may trees of an ornamental value be cut down by the life tenant, Turner v. Wright. Remedies for Waste. Where a court finds that a tenant is engaging in waste, there are a number of possible remedies which can be taken. 1 the court may award sufficient money damages to compensate the injured party for the loss resulting from the waste. 2. The court may directly require the party responsible for the waste to restore the property to its original condition. 3. The court may accelerate the passage of title in the land, divesting a tenant or life estate holder of the property and it in the landlord or remainderman. Kentucky has a particularly harsh remedy for voluntary waste a person found to have committed voluntary waste without the written permission of the holder of the future interest is forced to pay treble damages to the holder of the future interest, and the person's present interest, whether a life estate or a lease, is automatically terminated. Missouri has two statutes that prescribe a harsh remedy for waste. There, a person found to have committed voluntary waste without the written permission of the holder of the future interest is forced to pay treble damages. In some cases, the plaintiff has been able to recover travel damages twice once for voluntary waste and again for wantonly committed waste. If the plaintiff can show that the defendant is currently engaged in voluntary or permissive waste of the land, the court may enjoin, or stop, the activity. However, courts are reluctant to enjoin ameliorative waste unless the property being destroyed has some unique historic value. The Law School of America This has been a Creative Commons Licensed Podcast.